Hey guys, welcome to the Catch Up Time Podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa McDonald, and thank you so much for listening in on today's episode. The world is a different place than it was just a few short months ago, and what people need now is some hope, some uplifting stories, and knowing that we're not alone in this. On my podcast, I'll be shining the spotlight on real people who have been personally affected by the pandemic in order to gain a new perspective and to understand how they've adapted to meet the new world. We'll focus on a bright future, highlighting personal experiences before, during, and after COVID changed everything. We're all learning to live with our new normal, and it's easy to focus on the negativity going on in the world right now. Make sure to listen in and hit subscribe to the Catch Up Time podcast, where each week I hope to bring you some brightness and positivity to light up these uncertain times that we're all living in. All right, let's get started. On today's show, I'm having a beer with one of my best friends, Amanda, who I've known for such a long time that we consider ourselves sisters. Amanda and I became friends back in seventh grade. And let's just pause here and think for a second how we all were back in seventh grade. I mean, seriously, the fact that we're still so close speaks volumes. We were such goofballs back then, thinking we were so cool, playing backgammon, betting with Starburst, watching South Park, you know, normal things kids do. To this day, we speak practically every day, sharing our real life happenings about what we've been eating, what the kids are doing, and laughing along the way. Amanda is one of the smartest people I know. She's one of those people who knows like a little bit about everything. How do you remember it all? It's crazy. She traveled the world and now resides in a suburb outside of Dallas, Texas, along with her husband, their two beautiful kids, and their cat. I consider our chats my therapy in a way, because as we talk things out, Her wisdom and wise words ground me and help me see a different perspective that I hadn't thought of or seen before. This conversation is just one of many, and I anticipate many more chats with Amanda on here. So go ahead and get yourself something to drink. I hope you enjoyed this thoughtful and fun conversation with my sister from another mister, (laughs) Amanda. Hey, Ma. Hey, Ma. All right, so we're here with Amanda Ben-Simon, who we've been friends for very long a very long time a very long time like since seventh grade right i think so and you're like what 13 at that point yeah i think so that's a solid 20 years right there yes so well (gasps) i am to that year anniversary yes oh my gosh 20 years of friendship that's a beautiful thing well and we talk it's not like we don't talk like ever you know or it's like a here and there kind of relationship like we practically talk every day yeah we're we're sisters from another mother let's be real let's be real and that's the thing it's like when when i said you know i'd like to have you on the show it's like what are we going to talk about it's like we'll talk about what we always talk about somehow we (laughs) always have things to say even if i talked to you literally last night or yesterday morning like we still have plenty to talk about for sure that's a beautiful relationship but um if you want to go ahead and share i'll have like a little bio in the beginning of the show i'll start with but if you you know want to share with the world what your current occupation is and what you do and you know just a little bit about yourself okay um so i work it for you <laughs> i know all about you i can I, do it <laughs> i know it's like a job interview okay <laughs> no 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 like you know one or two lines you know one or two lines i I'm currently employed as an orthopedic physician assistant in total joint replacement. I've been a PA for like six years. I have two kids and a husband. 
and we live in Dallas, Texas. Um, we're originally from Florida, Miami, Fort Lauderdale area. Nice. And that's where we met years and years ago. Yeah, in middle school. In middle school. Yeah, that's like something. I I don't know many people who can say they're still friends with like their middle middle school friends. I mean, it's like a long time to be friendly with somebody and still have such a connection. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like other people I speak to that have such long friends, like they're not nearly as like well connected. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I still talk to like a few of the girls I grew up with in our neighborhood. You and I, we've really kept in touch and it's and we've joked about this before. I feel like I married you and you married me. Like in our husbands. <laughs> it's like a real truth though when we yeah. like think about it. Yeah, the like opposites definitely attract and we are yeah. living proof of that. Yeah, that's it. And and you know, we I think you balance my, you know, sometimes little like, you know, crazy personality. You, you know, ground me and that's what Mark does for me. So <laughs> it's a good it's a good friendship. But the, basically the premise of the show today, I mean, I basically want to try and get at, you know, how people have um, been affected by COVID, how they've, you know, made adjustments in their life and how they're looking at the future and what they see it looking like. <gasps> There's a kid. You didn't even share that you had a cat in your bio. Yes, there was no right. kitty oh cat. My God. I feel awful. This is Tiny. <laughs> tiny Dancer is very friendly and she likes to sniff my beer bottles. Wait a second. Is that like in, uh, we were just watching Trolls the World Tour. Is that Tiny? Is that where you got the name? Oh, Tiny Diamond? Yeah. <laughs> is that what you called her? You, ta- you called her Tiny. Tiny Dancer from like oh, Elton Tiny John. Dancer from the, okay, yes, 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 I know that song. Yeah. Oh, uh, we just literally watched like maybe like 25 minutes of it just now before bedtime, but um, that's why uh, it's on your mind. It's like fresh, yeah. But it's yeah. cute. It's it's cute so far. I know you said you liked it, so I'm excited. Yeah, my to watch kids love Tiny it. Diamond. Yeah, we saw like a Tiny Diamond costume at Target. That's great. For we were all about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I just love that the voice of the dad and the voice of the kid or the little you know baby whatever Tiny Diamond they don't match like at all. And he, you know, was first born and he sounds like a grown man. (laughs) It's like, there's so many small details in that movie and in the original that are like, so, so perfect and so well done. They have like, uh, we were talking about it tonight. They, in Trolls 1, they have like in the song when Bridget is first meeting the trolls, she like is like eye level with the trolls and she like, breathe and it flickers her hair ever so slightly like you can see the breath on the screen it's just like who thought of that like you know they didn't need to add in that little detail but it's so real and now it's like that's like what I pick out is like a funny thing yeah I like how like trolls were always like a little bit ugly you know like they were so ugly they were cute and they managed to like keep that going they are really they're, they're not like super cutesy characters no Mm-mm. well a lot of them don't have like full wardrobe like they like the dad has like his butt hanging out and i'm like did anyone like is that okay is no one gonna mention this no, and he has like a full chest of hair and he's like you know just standing there naked but no friends <laughs> anyway these are the rabbit holes we'll go down <laughs> yeah. oh that's right you were asking about covid yeah oh yeah i then that's the thing like i feel like my conversation style is just kind of to take tangents as far as they can go and then it, we, we we've backed what were we actually talking about yeah. but it's covid yeah COVID. so um, as as a healthcare professional um like my job remained stable throughout COVID. You know, mm-hmm. I still always worked 40 hours a week and had to show up in my office every day. And 
when you know back in like march when things were really hairy that was just so strange i was one of the very few people that even i knew that was continuing to work yep um and for me as well I yeah mean, you were one of my only friends who continued to work you my mom i mean my dad worked but he was working remote but you were pretty much the only one that went in on a daily basis yeah sorry the cat just jumped in a box and like made a noise um, you know, but my husband was more the, the typical plight where he was working from home and then he was put on furlough and then he was laid off. Yeah. And when was it he got laid off? Like completely? Well, it was like, it was early June? still. June. Mm-hmm. June. Yeah. I think his like last payday was towards the end of June. And um, what do you, as like the spouse of a person who just went through that, like, what did you see from your point of view? How did that affect your relationship and him himself? I mean, he was home a lot more. So of course the dynamics were very different. Um, mm-hmm. I know if I was home all the time like that, I would get like when when your world becomes so small, like it's, it's just your home and like those dishes in the sink just like stare at you all day or like your main event is, you know, cooking dinner, that, that, that world can be so small. Um, and he kept himself busy. Like he certainly took on projects. He had that like honeydew list that I think every man had at that time who was working from home. So like, you know, he sold a bunch of things in the garage and he cleaned out the garage and the lawn looked wonderful. You know, he did that and he certainly did a fair bit of cooking. So he, he was productive with his time. Um, but then he also like got a new job yeah. and all of this. We were, you know, thankfully fortunate enough for him to gain employment relatively quickly. Yeah. How long was unemployed for? Do you, I mean, it was at least like two months. Yeah. Two, two and a half months, I would say. Um, so it, that's, that's pretty quick. I mean, you know, other people are not as fortunate mm-hmm. right now. But he hit the ground running. I remember talking to you after that happened and he probably had like a week of like oh god now what am i gonna do and you know yeah and then he got the ball rolling and he looked he started looking for a new job and putting himself back out there right i think for him one of the strange parts was that all of his friends were laid off as well you know the whole department was just like dissolved and so here they all all, they're all living in the same area they have relatively the same skill set they're going for the same jobs Mm. so for him to be suddenly in competition with his co-workers was very strange because they were still close, you know, knit enough where they would have these types of discussions and be open to admit about the jobs that they were applying to. Of course, and they are the competition. I never thought of that. Right. You Uh, just have to hold your cards closer at that point and be a little selfish. (laughs) I guess, but you know, they're also like your friends, right? And you want to, you're all like going through this experience together. So you want to share what you're doing. And, you know, he told me yesterday that he's the only one to get a job even still from all of this. And it was a promotion at this point. Like, I mean, what he got was definitely a promotion. It was, it was the job title that he was trying to get, you know, within the organization that he was employed by. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And he he got that same title just with a different organization. So he was, I don't know, knock on Formica, whatever this is. Yeah. We were just fortunate in it. But, and my kids always remained at school. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, even with him on furlough and working from home, we kept them in school and that was just kind of our choice. And the school, you know, the population went down considerably, mm-hmm. but it's like slowly risen back at this Art, point. Is that right? I, I think they're still at like 50 or 60% capacity of where they were pre-COVID, but they were down to like 20%. Wow. 
mm-hmm. at some point. So June was kind of a turning point in that June 1st is when a lot more students came back. Yeah, that's, I think that's like a really interesting thing you bring up because I remember talking to you back, I mean, throughout all of this, obviously, and I felt like we were living in alternate universes at the time. Like you were unaffected in most ways, especially when your husband was still working and like he was still working, you were working, the kids were in school. And on the other side of the spectrum, here we were where, you know, me and Mark had gotten laid off or, you know, I was furloughed and he was, you know, working, but also kind of furloughed or whatever. Um, And then we took Ollie out of school and like he wasn't, you know, he was home with us and I instantly became like a stay at home mom. And um, I remember talking to you back, you know, in April and May and it was like, I didn't even sometimes know what to talk to you about because our worlds at that time were so different. And for so long we were, you know, so, you know, we saw eye to eye on so many things. And I think we did kind of butt heads on certain things and it wasn't necessarily out of, it was just out of like love that I I feared for what you were doing and, you know, certain situations. Like I remember talking to, you know, going, you would go to like your friends and, you know, go to barbecues and things like that. and. Now that I'm on the other side of this, because I do feel like we're on the up and up now and I could be wrong, but that's how I feel. And at least now I'm going out into the world and you know, it's not as scary as it once was in my head. Like I think when you envision something and you keep thinking about it, it's like blowing it up much worse than it actually, the reality is. Right. Um, And like you saw through that from like the get go and not to say that you weren't, you know, taking the proper precautions and you guys were being safe. But in my small world that I was living in at the time, it seemed sometimes careless. And it's, it's it was hard for us to like share, um, you know. Yeah, just, just the common question of like, how was your weekend? Or like, you know, right, where, like what right. have you been up to for the past yeah. few weeks? My, you know, my, with my kids continuing to always go to school, like my bubble never became as small as yours. You know, it was kind of like shrunk down instantly where mine became smaller. But from my viewpoint, like my kids was, they were always going to school and even sharing a classroom with one of their kids. So like they were already within our right. bubble. Right, and that was what it was. And that's where you, I don't wanna say justified it, but in your mind, you felt that that was safe for your family because they were already going to school with these kids, which meant, like you said, they were already in your bubble. So like interacting with the parents meant the same thing. Hmm. But they're like the family that you guys usually get together with that live in your neighborhood, did they continue to work? I don't remember. Yes, yeah, they're both accountants and they they continue to work. One one of them, the, the female got laid off, but she, she got another job like within right. a week, actually even like faster wow. than my husband. Um, but she just started her work remotely and, you know, she's an accountant. So I think she just like got back in the battle. Yeah. 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 And they were, you know, normally driving to like downtown Dallas. We live in the suburbs. Um, and so they worked from home, but they did continue to work throughout. They did. Yeah. Yeah. So both of us had no choice but to continue to send our kids to school. Right. like a challenging time in our friendship in just that it was different like we were living in two separate worlds but Mm -hmm. now that I you know it took some time to I think like see your point of view and um 
like you said, you had no choice but to keep the kids still in school and neither did the other families that were keeping their kids in school. And in that regard, it was like, you might as well still visit with each other. And you being medically so much more knowledgeable than in so many ways um, than I am, like you saw from the get-go that like, you know, as long as, you know, you kept to that small bubble and you wore your mask and you, you know, washed your hands and you stayed as, you know, distant as you could from people in general, you'd be fine. Yeah. Thank God. I find like in general, a lot of the people in just personally in my life who, you know, really kind of just like closed their doors and, you know, had their groceries delivered and wiped down all their packages and took it to the extreme. Like none of them worked in like medicine or the natural sciences. Like Mm -hmm. we were the ones that is kind of like, oh, okay, it's going to be like that. Well, here's the situation, you know, even just having that more advanced understanding of like infectious disease kind of put me in ease through this whole situation because important facts were like coming out from the beginning you know when when i mean i don't want to get like too like nitty-gritty into the details but if symptoms were different then it would have been a different scenario in my mind this whole time but just like looking at the virology and knowing what this virus was just going to end up because all viruses follow some sort of a pattern um that that's what kind of like kept my sanity throughout this but it was it was hard and it was strange um you know we stopped performing surgeries for five weeks i believe and you're talking about having like a full clinic of people just kind of coming in and twiddling their thumbs and thinking of ways to keep themselves busy the employees you're saying that were yeah everybody i mean there was no we're, we're a surgery clinic. We're, we're there to like treat people and get them through surgery before and afterwards. And we well, you guys were it. doing telemedicine for a while, weren't you? We started to, yeah. But that, I mean, that's such a small volume compared yeah. to what we're used to. Yeah. I mean, we were seeing 85 patients a day hmm. typically and telemedicine. I mean, I had two visits today. I think the whole clinic maybe had like six total. So it's definitely not like the majority of your visits are. No, in our the type of medicine that we practice, it's not really possible because we we're an orthopedic. Like we have to get X-rays, so telemedicine. They need to be there. Yeah. Well, but back to like you know you your friends that weren't medical, me. (laughs) Thank you. Not just you though. I'm not singling you out. No, no doubt. But I think that's a very good point. It's the non-medical community perhaps that were thinking of all the crazy things that, you know, or at least taking all the crazy things and all the crazy scenarios that they were putting out there in the news and, you know, yeah. hyping it up and scaring everybody. Like we were taking it as truth. And some of it was, and I'm not going to say that like, I'm, I regret being as careful as we were because at the time that was the information we had. And no, all we you were did doing... what, what you felt was right for your family. Like that's the most important thing. Right. But right. If I was, if I was home and just taking like ABC news at like face value, mm-hmm. I would, I would think a very, you know, this would be a very different world for me. Right. But just like watching those headlines, you know, especially so like, they're just trying to like grab you. You know, the science is so warped and just knowing that, reading the headline and being like, oh my God, that's so ridiculous. Like that, that's, that's what shapes my viewpoint. But if you don't have that knowledge, if you don't have that, you know, experience and backing, you're going to make different decisions. Right. Well, I think that's such a, such a good point. Like if you don't have that medical knowledge, like which 
the majority, I would think, I don't know what the percentages of medical professionals in the world, but you know, what would you say? Like 60% of the world doesn't have the knowledge you have. Oh like, yeah. Easy, easy. Right. Like yeah. if not more. So it's like easy to assume that most people were living under, you know, the scary umbrella of like, you know, Armageddon outside hellfire and like stay in your house. And, yeah. Um, do, you, do you remember like what the world was like, like post 9-11, like I'm talking like those first like two weeks after 9-11 happened. Mm-mm. We, we were, were pretty still, young. Yeah, I think we were, I remember. We were in high we were school. In like, were we in ninth grade? I think it was yeah. 2001. I think we were in ninth grade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I everyone, remember. like people didn't go to malls. People weren't driving cars. They weren't buying gas. They weren't buying anything. They were just staying at home and watching the news. And that's kind of the closest thing that I couldn't relate to like this, you know, that scenario at first with COVID when everyone but was that only lasted for, That only lasted for two weeks. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it was longer for two weeks, but okay. like specifically those like first, you know, two, three weeks after it happened, it's like society stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't seen such a halt in society since that time in our lifetime, yeah. at least. Yeah, I would agree. I mean... I don't necessarily remember that, but there's nothing in recent memory at all since 9-11 that even came close to this sort of magnitude that really like shook not just one country, but the whole world, you know, but I think it's interesting, you know, when you, when you think of like how your world stayed the same, um, different, but similar, I mean, for, for, (laughs) for your husband, like it definitely was different. And you as the spouse, like, I mean, you watched him go through all these changes. Um, What were, what were some of the things that you tried to like say to him or like to encourage him to keep looking for something new? Were there any? Yeah. I mean, he was very like, he was very downtrodden at first because it's kind of like, well, who's hiring right now? Most people are furloughing their employees or laying off their employees. Like who's really blossoming in this economy? And he works in, um, data analytics, you know, tying them into marketing. So this is, this is very specific. And, you know, with the company that he worked at, the whole marketing department was just kind of slashed because it was, you know, big chain hospitality. Mm-hmm. And what do you need marketing for when nobody is staying in hotels? Um, so he, you know, he came in skeptical to the job market. Um, but I think ultimately he was kind of surprised. And I, I just think like data is a currency now and data isn't going to go away with COVID. If anything, it's going to become even more powerful. So for his type of work, um, they were hiring. They, people were taking this opportunity to really like expand their data analytics and marketing departments to try to like make the best of what they have. Um, and he, he was picked up by another large company. So it all depends, you know, some, some people are flourishing in COVID. A lot of people are not, but I've been really impressed at just like human ingenuity throughout COVID Mm -hmm. and how people really find a way to pivot and continue to like make the best of their life. Like this is when your creativity has to come out these types of moments. Most most definitely. I mean, I think that's such a great point that um, if not now, when we will never have this type of time that you speak of, what is something that you're good at that not many people are good at or what is something that you do well that comes naturally and easy to you and how do you turn that into a valuable skill that you can then 
get a job or like start your own business. I mean, he has so many skills. Like we had talked about him starting his own like um, smart technology installation business. Like that's like such a niche, you know, niche, whatever that word is, like, you know, uh, focused area, uh, such as focused discipline that like not many people, you know, he could have done anything. Um, but it, it is remarkable how quickly he found something. And I think it's just wonderful. And he, he seems to like it. Yeah. 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 He's doing fine. I think people in our age decade of life are like uniquely positioned in all of this because here we are far enough in our careers where we're like living the decisions that we made when we were, you know, 18 years old and graduating high school and going to college and choosing a major. Um, and we're far enough in our careers where we can figure out whether or not we like it. And COVID can be kind of that fork in the road of where we were all sitting around so much and just in our headspace. And a lot of people are like contemplating their careers or their life goals and what they're you know truly doing with their time. And um, my husband has a friend who kind of like opened up her own like at home catering service for dinner parties for smaller parties because she was like, you know what, marketing is great, but I really love to cook and I'm good at it. And I think I can make money off of this. Totally. And she's been very successful with that because people are people are still hosting. People still want to socialize. Um, a lot of people still have money for these types of events. Mm -hmm. um, they're not throwing gigantic weddings. They want to do something smaller. So she grabbed a part of this. I think COVID is a good time for all of us to practice reflection and make those like more creative choices that we weren't capable of making when we were 18 years old and setting up our current life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But and just, you know, you're a different person now than you were when you were younger. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny to me how like the, how COVID has not only like made us all a little bit more introspective, um, mm. but forced us to get out of our own little bubbles and try something different. Mm -hmm. um, is there any examples you can think of for yourself that like you guys weren't doing before that you're doing now? I think we've become a lot better at like utilizing our home space for entertainment because on the weekends I you know we would always go we were always going somewhere we had plans we had something to do you know I used to laugh that like I don't spend my weekends in my house because that just makes it dirty you know <laughs> I, I was always like on the go um and now I don't feel that way like we we wake up we have breakfast we hang out in the playroom um, I think it helped me kind of exercise my creative side of like bringing in more arts and crafts with the kids and coming up with like relay race games. And I blew up balloons the other day and just like knocking those around was like ridiculously enjoyable. Yeah. So yeah. I think it helped me um, love and appreciate my house a lot more rather than going out. Well, if not now, when, you know, like goodness, yeah. we all spent so much more time at home these last few months more than we ever right. have. Yeah. Yeah. If making making the home as like comfortable as it can be. I mean, we turned one of our guest bedrooms into an office and it's like the best decision. Now we have like a place we can actually like do work and, and try and focus in here. I mean, if you see behind me, you'll you'll laugh. There's Ollie's <laughs> there. It's Ollie's <laughs> executive chair. Yeah. And then he has this little table over there with his box. <laughs> well he's gotta do work too. I mean listen, we're all very busy, okay? <laughs> so I understand. But um how are the kids with all of this? Do they notice anything in their world? Do they understand? They're still young, so. 
they're still young and there's like um i won't use the name but there is a certain type of museum we used to go to like all the time and i'm not very comfortable going there because that it's just filled with kids and mask mm -hmm. or not it doesn't matter like there's just so many high touch surface areas even i'm like nope that's too much <laughs> well that's good to know and so those are the sorts of things like indoor with, filled yes. with kids like what are the filled places kids. that's what that's the places you're still trying to avoid okay. that is my limit yeah i mean if we're going someplace like the zoo that's outside and they really don't have to touch a whole lot there because you're like mostly walking or you know there's some high touch surfaces of course but it's it's just different you know the ventilation yes and everything yeah. um so they don't get to go there and they ask about it a lot because we used to go there a lot. Like we had season passes and pretty much like every other weekend we were there. Um, also, they used to go to this kind of like, like playground, really like elaborate jungle gym that they used to crawl through with like a ball pit and all these slides. And it was actually big enough for adults. So I enjoyed it as well. I would like crawl around with them, but that is also no longer appropriate. <laughs> so what will it take in your opinion for you to feel comfortable going back to those places? I mean, I don't personally like miss those places very much. Um, so you don't mind not going back? No, I mean, so I don't have a very like firm answer on that one. You know, maybe a couple years from now when all of this is like truly behind us, I'll look into it. But I, I truly don't miss it. They were pretty like gross to begin with. So. Right, I remember Chuck E. Cheese, you know, going in the ball pits. Yeah. You always felt disgusting afterwards. Right, right. Even so it, it's up there with Chuck E. Cheese, yes. Yeah. So in a couple years, so when you think of going into like the winter time, what are some of the things that you anticipate doing now that it's going to start getting colder? Because that's what I'm thinking, like, I mean, yeah. not necessarily here. I mean, it's not going to be more than, you know, whatever 50 degrees will be, you know, exciting. Um, but like, in, no, but we're, we're cold here. I was like, going to say have, where you are snow sometimes. Yeah, exactly. So where You're do like you powder? But still, it gets cold enough where like you can't always just be at like a playground or at a park no. or at a zoo. So yeah. where do you, I mean, have you thought about it? I'm just curious. I have, um, we are thinking of getting like a Nintendo Switch for Hanukkah this year, like don't tell my kids. Um, so I think that would be a lot of fun, like just playing Mario Kart with them. So but, stuff for the home. Yeah, yeah, we're just gonna be home more. You know, I pretty much, I have like a formal dining room in the, downstairs of my home and like we don't really use it so I basically turned it into an arts and crafts room and I've like hung stuff on the walls so you know we can like add to that all the time we play a lot of Legos um, I try to like avoid the TV you know I try to really not make it more than like an hour hour and a half um, every day and I try to kind of save that time from when I'm cooking you know, because my husband and I want to be in the kitchen, like the meal is just going to come together faster that way. Yeah. And it's like best to just put them in front of the TV at that time. Like, let's let's be honest. Yes. You know better than anyone how much TV Ollie's been watching. I mean, unfortunately, it has become a babysitter. And I was giving myself a really hard time about it at first. And now I it's just part of our life like it is what it is and until he's back in school like it's just kind of you know blippy is our babysitter <laughs> so thank you blippy <laughs> because seriously like shout out to blippy shout out to blippy because seriously he's you know i can at least put him in front of you know a tv or he plays on the ipad that i turned into his own little tablet and it has you know uh, shapes and colors and matching games and puzzles and things like that that you know at least in my opinion are 
a little bit educational and same with Blippi, like he's at least learning the alphabet and he like is learning colors and it's silly and he's learning fruits and vegetables and things like that. He has to eat like, you know, there's an episode where they do like, um, he's like going through one of those playhouses that like we were just talking about with the balls and stuff. And along the way he's finding like vegetables. So as the new vegetable comes on the screen, I'm like, here's a celery, here's a piece of you know bell pepper, <laughs> here's a carrot. So at least he's like, you know, he, he, he's getting to eat those, th th he's getting uh, more comfortable eating those foods because I think he's seeing them on TV. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, it's definitely been more of a, a babysitter than I would have liked. Because before this, he never watched TV. I mean, we watched Moana at night and that was really it. Like, it was just really like a nighttime, like, you know, after, you know, bath, like we would, you know, watch like a little bit and then we'd go read a book. But now it's just, it's just what it is. But hopefully we can get him back in school sooner than later. I mean, I think that I'm more comfortable with the idea of it now. They've done, you know, such a good job in all these schools, like keeping as safe as it can be. Um, yeah. I mean, with the temperature checks and the parents not being allowed in the classroom or in the school. I mean, are they letting you guys in yet or are you still like dropping them nope. off? No, like my son's in kindergarten and I've never seen the inside of the school. Like to me, we just kind of like drop him off to this vortex. <laughs> and then and then we pick him up a couple of hours later, but he's very happy. Um, At least he's happy. Yeah. Did he get so chick like, the other day? Time in the vortex, right? yeah. <laughs> that was great. When you told me the other day that you were bringing him Chick-fil-A, I'm like, that's a good mama right there. That's a good yeah. mama. Yeah, it made him pretty happy. I was like, Nate, was it still hot when you got it? And he's like, no, but it was still delicious. <laughs> He's so sweet. It's just like such a like sweet thing to say. Yeah, lately, like in the mornings, because I'll be downstairs like feeding the cat and like making his uh, his lunch, and he knows he has to like get himself dressed, but he'll like come down in his pajamas and he'll and he'll be like you know like really sleepy, like rubbing his eyes, and he's like, "Mama, I know I have to get dressed, but I just wanted to come hug you." Like he heard me, and he like just had to come down. Oh my to god. Say hi. But he um, knows what he needs to do, and he's gonna go do it. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. you gotta. You have like probably a few more years of that sweetness yeah. before he starts to be like, you know, a little like independent boy where he yeah. doesn't want nothing to do with his mama. Although right. we'll, see. we'll see. Shortly after that, he was like, "Can we have waffles for breakfast?" And like, I usually like make waffles. I don't have frozen waffles in the house. Um, and I'm like, "No, I'm sorry, babe. Like that's a weekend thing. Like I don't really have any frozen waffles." And then he started to cry. So I was like, great. So. Oh. <laughs> you can't win them all. You can't win them all. You can't win no. them all. But you try and it's very sweet. <sighs> well, I mean, I think that that's one of my favorite things like about our relationship is hearing about your kids and you being as like honest and level headed as you are with like adults you are with them like you know you Try. negotiate with them you know with that whole chick-fil-a <laughs> situation like you negotiated and it was a very quick negotiation and you you know yeah. came out on the other end <laughs> but, i mean uh, did i like i feel like i lost that negotiation i just what what was it yeah i had the day off and i just didn't want to like fight with him in the morning and i was like you know what i'm just gonna pull out the big gun and like squash this argument like yes I'm home today. You can't be home today with me. But to make up for it, I'm gonna buy you Chick Fil A, and all was right with the world. All was right. That was all yeah. he needed to hear. But in Did the meantime, because he eats breakfast at or lunch, excuse me, at 10:30 in the morning. That's his lunch time. So I'm calling Chick Fil A at like 9:30, and I'm like, "Can you make me nuggets by 10?" <laughs> Did you call ahead? Yeah. 
Because I didn't want to show up and then be like, sorry, it's only the breakfast menu. Uh, what time do they serve breakfast until? I don't even know. 10.30. Usually Is they don't that? start. Oh, yeah, but like with the school and everything, I had to drop it off by like 10.15. Right. Yeah. Oh, so they special order made me nuggets. <laughs> now, you see, so this is even bigger. Maybe you didn't win this negotiation. <laughs> no, I lost. I absolutely lost. I just didn't feel like fighting. So well, that's I won that part of the negotiation. But ultimately, a lot of work went into getting in that Chick-fil-A at 1030 in the morning. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, 1030 in the morning is a ridiculous lunchtime in general. But I know yeah. that is like a thing. One us being at that level, like I remember our middle school was so overcrowded. And like the cafeteria was just so small that we we ate at like 10 30. Mm -hmm. They had like three different lunch periods where you could eat and it was like yeah we would eat super early and then you'd be hungry you know starving by the time school let out. Yeah. Oh man yeah those were different days weren't they? Yeah sorry the cat's distracting me. Oh that's okay. I'm like waiting to see it when Mark is home. He took Ollie. I don't think they're home yet. He took Ollie for a drive because he was like not ready to go to sleep earlier. Yeah, he's not there yet. Um, <clears throat> he was like not ready to go to sleep. I was in the other room and he was just like fling a ding ding like on his like crib. Yeah. And eventually he stood up and he yells, Mark! <laughs> That's his new thing. Mark! And I'm like, I don't even call Mark Mark. Like I call him, you know, like our little Yeah, you nickname. call him like every food known to man. Like usually it's not his name. It's yeah. not his name. So I'm like, yeah, oh, this kid know his name. But it's you like, know what, like Chica, like you only had to do it once. You know, I must have. That, that's I know. it. Like they hear it once, they hold on to it and they're yes. going to repeat it a thousand times. He said cool earlier. He put he had one of my I don't have it on, but he had a hair tie, like one of my little hair ties on. He pulled it off my arm and put it on his arm. He said, cool. <laughs> Did I ever say that? I don't remember me saying it like that, but I must have at one point or another. Right. But yeah, they, they're funny, man. They are cute and funny yeah. and just make you laugh. And I think that is what has been like grounding me. Like he's my joy and happiness and sunshine. And I don't know what I would do if I didn't have him during this time. Um, it's been, you know, at the end of the day, each day, even if it's been the hardest day, you know, with him, you know, kicking, screaming, fighting, arguing, whatever it is that he's doing. That's like, you know, made it a hard day at night. He's like snuggling up on me and I'm like, man, I just want to melt. You just, <laughs> you, you like forget all of that. It doesn't matter at all anymore. And it's like, you know, you just, you just want to snuggle up on him. So it'll just keep getting better and better for each of us. For sure. Yes, yes, <laughs> I finished mine. Oh, there's a little left. Oh, you gotta go get another one. Mm. Well, it's always good to talk to you. I mean, we can keep going for another three hours, I'm sure. Yeah, but... no, I should like pay a little attention to my spouse. He's yeah, been, like, I gotta call Mark. Like, and see like what he's giving at. me like funny looks. You know, oh, is, that, is he is he right there in the corner? Yeah, he's is basically he? like. <laughs> <laughs> this is our time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that's what Mark. So I think I have to stop scheduling these for night times because he's just uh, he said to be respectful of others' time, and I'm like, is it your time or my time that I need to be respectful? I mean, I'm just okay, but I get it. No, I mean this is the only time that works for me. So if you want to do this, like it's fine. I'm just I'm doing no. like class stuff Monday and Wednesday, so Tuesdays work. So you're going back to school just a few classes though. It's not to get yeah, a degree. I'm just taking classes. I'm not like officially like pursuing any type of degree. I'm just like broadening my horizons. Well, I think, you know, you're always learning and bettering yourself. And you know, that's like, you practice what you preach. You're definitely doing that. So 
all the power to you. I'm proud of you. I try. And, no, it's true. And I think, you know, just to sum it up, I think that in the beginning it was kind of like, I don't, I didn't mean for it to like come off as like, I was like being a snot nose. Like, I think it was hard in the beginning of COVID to have conversation with you. Just like you said, asking a simple question, like, what'd you do this weekend? It was like, I don't know, every day is the same. What did we do? It was like, we didn't do anything. Tuesday is a weekend. What are you doing? You know? Yeah. But it's taken time and, you know, I've, I've learned that your, my struggle is different than your struggle and, and different than hers and everyone's going through something at this time. Um, it's just different and you know, with you know, your husband being you know, laid off ultimately and, and that was a challenge for you guys. Like that was something that you had to work through. So each of us was going through something and if I ever came off as like being um, judgy, I never, I didn't mean it to be or anything like no, that. No girl, no. You know? I mean, you know, I think our friendship is like strong enough where if we bring anything to each other's attention that way, it's just because we're concerned and we love the other person. It's not yeah. like, what's this crazy bitch doing? Um, no, but that's exactly what it was. It was out of concern. It was, was going like, to slip out at some point. You knew I was going to like break the cursing rule. I've been pretty good though. It's been like an hour. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, listen, there's a lot yeah. usually more, you know, like foul language going on. Right. So we we have been like very dignified during this conversation. I say <laughs> we should get an award. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Bef- okay. So before we go, I just wanted to say thank you and uh, thank you for your time and for all of your wise wisdom. You're a wonderful friend and just, you know, so um, leveling, level headed for me. And sometimes that's just what I need and what the world needs. So I do anticipate this being a reoccurring segment with you. We'll have to come up with some fun, you know, catchy name, you know, Mondays with Ma, something like that. But it can't be Monday. <laughs> what can we before we go? Where did this Ma come from? Because we say, oh, oh I, I no, no, I remember exactly. What is it? I remember exactly. So we were in middle school when your mom's car, and she was, uh, you were adjusting the radio stations, and she was playing a song that you liked, and then she went to another station, and you were like, no, Ma, go back, Ma, good song, Ma. <laughs> and like it just it just kept coming out like why'd you change the station Matt like it just you know you were just giving her like so much because you're like 13 and obnoxious like we all are yeah. um and we just like took off from there like from there there was like endless mod jokes and it's still funny to this day and it's still funny we still every conversation we start hey Matt yeah. Good shot, Ma. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. I'm so glad you remember that. I remember being like, itchy eyebrow, Ma. Where did that yeah. come from? <laughs> I had like an itchy eyebrow once, or I didn't like when people touched my eyebrows. I think that was what it was. You had this like back scratcher, uh-huh. you know? And like, remember I used to always, we would have sleepovers. I'd be like dead at like nine o'clock because I've always been like such a granny. So I remember like sleeping in your trundle bread. And you had you had that eye that scratcher, and you're like itchy eyebrow bark. <laughs> <laughs> this is like this ridiculous way to like annoy me awake. Oh, that's hysterical. I love that you have such a good memory because none of this I remember. I remember I mean, like the context, but I don't remember that instance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's itchy eyebrow. I haven't thought about that one for a while, but itchy yeah, eyebrow. that was that was certainly the origins of it. 
There's so many. We would like bet. We'd play backgammon and like mm-hmm. bet with uh, Starburst. That yeah, I remember. yeah. We per- we turned backgammon into a betting game. Yeah. Certainly. And in like eighth grade, I mean that's <laughs> not many eighth graders are betting with Starburst. Okay, especially playing backgammon. Thank you very Apparently, much. Apparently, like not many people do that. I don't know what kind of childhood we had, but I don't know. We did. We played chess. We played backgammon. We played that Mancali game. Yeah. Yeah. Cards. Anyway, all right. Well, I'll let you go. Thanks again for your time, and uh, tell for sure. sh- tell your husband I said hi. <laughs> this isn't hard. <laughs> I'm gonna like have to dub over it with like his name because now it's just weird. <laughs> like this whole time, yeah. This whole time, I know. We've been really good though. But we thank have. you. Seriously. All right. Have Love a good you, rest Lisa. of the night. Love you too. I'll talk to you soon. Probably That's tomorrow. Good. Okay. <laughs> Probably tomorrow. Let's be real. Let's be real. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, before you go, just a few more things. First off, thanks so much for sticking around till the end. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear more, be sure to subscribe to the Catch Up Time podcast and check back often as we release new episodes. As always, we'll include any links and specifics we spoke about in the show notes below, just in case you missed anything. You can follow the Catch Up Time podcast at catchup underscore time on both Instagram and Twitter. That's K-E-T-C-H-U-P underscore T-H-Y-M-E, like the condiment and the herb. (laughs) I hope our chat today gave you something to think about and that it sticks with you, something you can mull over through the rest of your day. Allow yourself the time to reflect and the grace to discover something new about yourself and about our world. There's a spark inside all of us. Sometimes you just need a little help finding it. All right then, that's all for now. Thanks again for listening in. Be well and stay safe. I can't wait for us to catch up again soon. (laughs) Bye. The Catch-Up Time Podcast is an original podcast recorded and produced in Orlando, Florida. Special thanks to Pink Martini, whose song, Hang On Little Tomato, both opens and closes our show. You can find out more about Pink Martini on their website at pinkmartini.com. Thanks again for listening to the Catch-Up Time Podcast.